so ladies and gentlemen welcome to what promises to be a very interesting episode of browner and lawhead coming to you live from the noisiest room in vegas in addition to jason lawhead uh you're listening to the mightier 1090 espn we are available via podcast we are available via youtube and through this platform that you have known as the radio for hundreds of years, 6 to 7 p.m., Monday through Wednesday. Man, we've got a lot on the show today. We've got Jimmy scoring some touchdowns. we got Ben Simmons going back to Philly. Are the Lakers moving forward? We're going to talk about the U.S. loss, but we're not going to talk about the U.S. loss because we don't know anything about soccer. And (laughs) we're going to talk about the college football rankings and will USC actually pop the bubble. Uh, Jason, in Vegas, How's it going, my man? Oh, my God. I have the loudest. I don't know what language it is across the wall here, but, you know, it's just like, can I get Can I get anything just nice? Can I just have a room where at 10, you know, whatever time we do this, you know, during the day, which I look forward to because I'm on the road and I got all this time to kill during the day and you try to stay creative and do some writing and, you know, get some rest and do, do whatever. And it's just, you know, good God. It sounds... Sounds like they're having like a a, a mass over there in whatever <laughs> language they're having. And good lord, dude! I mean, is, I don't know if you bad. can pick it up on the mic, but man, I can hear it, and it's already. Oh my god! So other than that, man, it was great. The shows were amazing last night. There was like three hundred and fifty people at the first show. It was awesome, and uh, um, people coming up. Uh, Jimmy JJ Walker is such a great dude. He remembered that I, you know, did the sports radio show. He saw me yesterday. Hey, man. Still doing the show. I'm like, yeah. He's like, what station is that again? I got to listen when I'm on here. And so uh, he knows the station because he knows all these old greats. I think we talked about it last year. You know, he remembers, you know, Hacksaw from when he was younger and, and a lot of different personalities. And he's a big sports talk radio fan. And he usually listens to, to the East Coast guys on, on Sirius XM and stuff. Um, but he, he likes to listen to it all. So I was showing him a few little clips and that was cool, man. He was like appreciating it and it's like, damn, Jimmy Walker here, man. <laughs> JJ, Dynamite, looking at my stuff and my takes and and liking it. So that was cool. And so, uh, but yeah, man, um, other than the neighbors being loud, it, it was a good start to the week. Dude, it's really funny that you can meet a, a person who is considered a celebrity and to them, their their everyday stuff is like cool to people. Like yeah. the fact that he listens to talk radio, sports radio is cool to people. Even though like what else is if he's a sports fan, what else yeah. is he gonna listen to? Like it's it's super funny with people. But what is what's cool is he's always been that, right? Like he's right. been like ever since he was famous JJ, he was in tune to that and it's been his whole life. I mean, he's in his 70s now, but he still looks great. You know, he still is is present on those like uh, Medicare or APR commercials. ARP, yeah, yeah. Check my zip code, you know, and uh, whatever. Like like him and Joe Namath doing that thing. But um, does he make jokes uh, about that? No, no, he doesn't make jokes about that. But you know, um, warm guy, funny guy, not bitter, you know. And uh, it's really cool to be around him. He's got so many stories. I mean, the, the rooms he's been in with people, especially when he was at the height. I mean, he was 
huge when good times was out. You know, you got to understand that Jimmy Walker was a star on the levels that he was playing the games in the parties with the, you know, he looked to his right and Sinatra's over there. He looks to his left and Raquel Welch is over there. I mean, he was at that stardom level of every guest on every late show, every variety show, every game show. I mean, he was huge. I mean, he was, if you were to put it in, the realms today he's he probably have 60 million instagram followers dude today. we we got to get him on the show I, i'll talk to him tonight see if, it, it may tell, yeah tell him all we need him to do is to click a link it's very easy yep, yep. we get him on the show i'll, I'll do it well I'll, I'll probably be able to schedule because he lives in vegas that's where he resides mm -hmm. so i'm sure if it isn't you know <clears throat> you know tomorrow or anything um whenever he, he can well, listen Whatever yeah. time frame he can do it, we will figure it out. And we'll uh, play it whenever it whenever we can. Absolutely. If it's at nine at night, we will figure it out and we'll yeah. find a way to make we'll that record happen. Record it and do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, works. yeah. I'll talk to him. He I'm sure he'd love to, man. He's 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 so cool about it and he knows his sports and he knows his sports broadcasters like what people know players like he's rattled off guys that you did it on the west coast did it on the east coast was on this channel so and also um, i've been told by way too many people that i look like him if i wear a bucket hat <laughs> so it is it, it would that's be great. it would be one of the funnier things for anybody who knows me to have him on the show and have a laugh about it so i mean because every tall skinny black kid quote unquote look yeah. like jimmy walker and that's after tall. good times dude so yeah, that's, that's funny. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'll try to do it, and I'm sure you know we'll see how responsive. But he's a great guy, so yeah. I, he, you know, the good thing is, is at least no matter what he says, he's already made me feel like he's approachable enough to be like, "Hey, Jimmy, we would right. love to have you on the show, whether whether he, whether he does it or not," it's which I think he will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be like, "What's a pay?" You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> exposure. Exactly. I mean, we can we just give you a, can we just put the have you put the link up to your merchandise? Is that good enough? And then right. maybe you'll get some money from that. Right. But that's all you I You can call. come on here and sell whatever you want. Exactly. Sell some Medicaid, right. Medicare. I don't care. Just talk a little sports with us. Listen, we will we will run your commercial in between our breaks, okay? Right. Just yeah, exactly. You so yeah, yeah we um that's a, that's great. That's a funny yeah. story. Um we are going to find out so much more about Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's it's funny because my father, who didn't, you know, teach me many things, but he did teach me a couple of things. And one of those things were, if someone's complaining about something that you're doing and you're doing a good job at it, stop doing it and let someone else do it and see what they think. Now, he gave me that advice more importantly about women than he did about, you know, fixing anything. <laughs> but that was, and I'm, uh, the full story is <laughs> I was 16, I was 17 years old. This is right before he died. I was dating this girl and she was complaining a lot. And I said to him, Dad, man, she always be complaining about this, this, and that. And he said, Can you do better? I said, At what? <laughs> he said, At the things she's complaining about. I said, No. He said, Okay, well then. Break up with her. I said, what? He said, break up with her. Listen, he said, son, all I can really offer you is information about women. So either you want this or not. I said, well, okay, tell me. This fool told me, break up with her. She's going to date another guy, and she's going to find out he sucks way worse than you do. And she'll come back. And 
six, seven days, maybe the next week of school. She came back, and I and after that, I was like, dude. And as I grew older, it that advice showed itself in a bunch of other forms, mostly professional, then it did personal, but nevertheless, if you are good at something and you feel like you're doing the maximum output that you can and you're still not satisfying someone, stop doing it. Allow someone else to step in and do it. And then when they don't meet to the when they don't meet the same standard that you set, guess what? They're coming back to you. And those complaints will go away. And that's what happened. This is what's happening with Jimmy Garoppolo. There were so many complaints about him as his quarterback for the 49ers. He went away. Then people started going, wait, can Trey Lance play? And then Jimmy G showed back up, wins followed. And then you cap off last night with a four-touchdown game. And now people are looking like, ooh, I wonder can we trade Trey Lance for some picks? Like, I've heard that like three different times last night, which to me sounds absurd, but nevertheless, here we are. Hey, we said it in week one, didn't we? This was going to be a blessing in disguise. Yep. I, I, you know, the injury delay as bad as we felt for the kid and everything. Um, we, we both agreed on that take that in the long run, this is probably just with, you know, the underlying issues here. It's probably going to be, but where would they be right now? It'd be interesting to see if Trey Lant never gets hurt in week one and they've committed to him, they've committed to Jimmy as the backup with the right. whole contract. I mean, so it wasn't like he was, you know, Jimmy was nipping on his heels in a this is who our starter is aspect. Right. It'd be interesting to see where they would have went week three, week four, week five. Would they be in a situation where they had already gone to Jimmy G and that whole uh, narrative had crumbled? Would they be in a situation where they'd be four and six? And even though they're getting great defensive output, they're not being able to close games. So it'd be interesting. But to that blessing in disguise none of that has surfaced other than maybe the rumblings of fans and some media people some some people going can they move lance can they get anything for lance because jimmy g is you know he is the lone ranger on the he's riding he's riding into this team into the the sunset or into town to, to to win the shootout right now and you know we talk about him being alfred but last night dude Ooh. He was Ooh. kicking. Alfred came out and dropped some haymakers. And, right. and had, had, he, Alfred had Batman's back last night. He was in the alley oh. fighting with him, dude. He pulled, because... up in the, he pulled up in a Batmobile with a Gatling gun. <laughs> Ain't it? Exactly. So Alfred got his hands dirty last yeah, night. Dude, and I... Um, and I, I've said this, and I've been saying it for a few weeks. I just kind of looked at him a few weeks ago on the show, and I said, I'll tell you what. I like this. I like where this San Francisco team's going especially defensively and what they are. And now they get this kind of game from Garoppolo and him and McCaffrey look to look to be really on a, a good page. So a few weeks of that, you know, it, it, whew, I tell you what, this team could be, they could be world beaters the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. I think that what they, again, we talked about this yesterday that they have a very rare balance on their roster is one unit doesn't ask the other unit to rescue them. The offense right. isn't asking the defense to hold the team to some amount of points. And right. the defense isn't asking the offense to score some points. And you that's it's such a rare balance, and few teams have that. But that's their key to success. Like, as good as they are on the defensive side, they are equally as good on the offensive side. And so I don't I, – a, a big – but a big part of that, though, is Trey Lance's rookie contract. And so another, I guess – Side to that is, 
You have to have him. You have to play him because Jimmy's going to – if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, listen, guys, we've done this dance now for four years, three years. Pay me. Pay me. Or let me go play somewhere else. And I don't think that they're in the business of letting him go play somewhere else when these are the results you're getting. Like that team feels secure with him. There are no wild cards. Because the thing with a wild card is this. If Trey Lance is that quarterback, you may he makes over five touchdowns one game and four interceptions the next game. It's really up and down. With Jimmy Garoppolo, you kind of know what you're going to get. He's not going to surprise you. And I think that and that's what gave this team a certain quiet confidence as they move forward. Yeah. And if you're in San Francisco, like you made that great analogy that your dad gave you the advice, the analogy you just made. If you're San Francisco right now, you go out there and you're, the, the the thing that you say is, let's look at the rest of the league. Let's look at the, a bunch of the playoff teams and at the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. Would we trade Jimmy Garoppolo right now for Daniel Jones? Absolutely no. not. Would we trade Jimmy Garoppolo right now for Taylor Heineke? No. Absolutely not. But, you know, are we going to get anybody better uh, than Patrick Mahomes, right? Because no. we couldn't trade him. No. <laughs> Are we going to get anybody better than Josh Allen? No. So we couldn't trade. Because so guess what? Yes, this is the play. Jimmy G is our guy, and you know what? We can win this thing with him. We show it every time we go out on mm-hmm. Sunday, and with with like you said, with all the different units not needing every. You know, it just do your job, right? Like if he has to play Brady in the NFC title game, it, you don't have to be better than Brady. Guess what? Our defensive pass rush, our guys have to be better than theirs. They've got our guys have to go get Brady worse than their guys go get Jimmy G. And then just go be Jimmy G. Don't 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 have to outplay Brady. You don't have to throw for more yards or throw for more touchdowns. So that's where they're at. I think that's where they want to be at. I think that comparison you just made is true. They're the girl right now going. Thank God I got him back. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare out there. I'm I love this man so much. I'm going to treat him so well right now because I can't believe like I almost lost him. Boy, the, the 49ers became a divorced woman in a dating pool real quick, didn't they? <laughs> exactly. Ooh, right? Ooh, they they went back to their husband real quick. Like, hey, listen, we need to work this out because ain't that the truth. Hold on. Uh-uh. I need somebody to keep paying these bills. I can't be out here like this. <laughs> so I thought last night was great for the 49ers, but I thought it was equally as bad for the Cardinals. Well, we thought Kyler was going to play, right? And, and he, he, he ended up didn't playing. So Here, you know, that's their only their only little hope from last night was that maybe Kyler is the guy. We wait till we get him back and things turn around a little bit. You can only ride a backup like a 36 year old McCoy for so long anyway. At some point, right? Like so, last is, night was the game where it's like, okay. Uh, welcome back to the NFL cult. This is what a championship team looks like. And they're going to box your ears in between and knock you all over the field. The ironic thing that we were talking about yesterday and what I, and what was circling around that, that club was is Colt McCoy good enough to be the starter. And the analogy I gave you to start the show fit none better than mm-hmm. the Cardinal, the guys on the other yeah. sideline. Cause you like Colt McCoy. Because this is my this has always been my belief about a very good backup. He can win you two games a year. Can win you two games in a row, but he can win you two games yeah. a year. And Cole McCoy gave you one of them last week, and then people went to the well one too many times. And Kyler Murray's value went through the roof. It, it went utterly through the roof last night as you're watching Cole McCoy 
just not be Kyler Murray. And as a fan base, you're okay with going to the backup, but if he doesn't look like the starter and people are saying he should be the starter, then now that conversation is dead. So Kyler Murray did himself a favor last night by watching from the sideline. Yeah, then they had to go to the third stringer, uh, McSorley, at the end of the game, and it just nothing looked good. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, the only thing you could positively take away is that, well, it wasn't Murray right making it looking that bad because if it was then put the graveyard sign in that franchise uh you know at least they have the hope to say we get murray back or maybe if murray's in that game 100 percent healthy it doesn't get away from us as bad we compete a little bit more so hopefully you know but that's a small sliver of very optimism small. from what to take away from last night very small um before we get out of here we got a couple minutes i wanted to talk mm -hmm. about the college football rankings so mm -hmm. because San Diego state sucks we don't really get to talk a lot of college football, but I want to talk about USC in this in this uh, 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 way. There is a tide moving in college football. It really feels like it's going to be one thing without the NCAA. It's going to be a couple of mega conferences, and then the football programs are going to move forward. Mm -hmm. What is happening at USC – with Lincoln Riley coming in and basically using the transfer portal overnight to get this team to be 10 and one and ranked fifth now with Michigan and Ohio State playing each other this Saturday. Now, if you walk away from that game, USC's USC is playing, uh, they're playing uh, Notre Dame. They're playing Notre Dame, who's ranked 17th. So if they get a, a convincing win against Notre Dame, and it doesn't matter between Ohio State and, and Michigan who wins or who loses. USC is going to be number four. And if you're USC and you can get to number four, you beat Notre Dame and then you win your conference championship game, you could be looking at three, maybe two. And in a world where all it takes to turn a program around is one good year and a great head coach, they have the head coach. And in his first year, they're having the turnaround year. Like USC was terrible. For a long time, under different head coaches after Pete Carroll and under different ADs, uh, 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 Bone seems to have figured it out. And clearly, Lincoln Riley is the guy. So it's going to be very interesting seeing what happens this weekend with the college football. Well, they control their own fate, really. Like you said, the Ohio, there's an Ohio State-Michigan game, right? That's going to take care of one of those teams most likely because then that one team with that one loss doesn't get to go to their conference. It also eliminates them from any conference championship. Correct. So it really ends their season in the sense that they've got to pray that a bunch of people ahead of them start losing on the same weekend and or into conference championship weekend, and there's some way that they can kind of shuffle back into number right. four, which is going to – I mean, there's just too many – Rubik's cubes for that to happen. But um th yeah, then you've got TCU which even at 11 and 0, you look at TCU Suspect. and you know USC's the much better you know it's it, USC looks a lot better at 11 and 1 when you look at it. it's a one point loss to Utah. They've beaten some good teams. They took care of business against UCLA who was having a good season. But they control their own destiny here. They've got to beat Notre Dame. It would help to beat Notre Dame somewhat convincingly or at least handily. A double-digit 10, 10 to 14-point win would look good against Notre Dame. Um, if you USC's know, resume at the end of the season has wins versus UCLA, 
uh, UCLA, Notre Dame, and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Yep. I yep. don't hold your breath, but I can. TCU. They're in. TCU, they're in. TCU may get jumped because Ohio State, Michigan. That's gonna find a way that they, people need those two teams in that top four more than they need TCU. And the, and don't forget that if if it comes down to it where you have two undefeateds left, let's say it's only Georgia and or Michigan and Ohio State. Let's say you know TCU loses in a championship game, which they very well could. Heck, you know the way they've just kind of walked the tightrope, they could lose to Iowa State this right. week just because they're not Thomas, as good. They're not Georgia. No, no, they're not. Come on, they're not Georgia. They're not Ohio State. They're not even like a, you know, Clemson team when they're rolling. You know, they're just not, right? So that also puts the uh, the voters who love the SEC, that gives them a little ways to get LSU in there. If LSU beats Georgia in the title game, Ooh. they'll still say, well, Georgia's great. They lost right. the title game. They slipped to four with their one loss. LSU goes to three, Ohio State or Michigan, whoever stays and undefeated is TCU one. TCU is whatever. out, but we're out. We're coming right back, though. Boom. Brown and Lawhead, Meyer 1090 ESPN. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, live from Las Vegas, kinda. Browner and Lawhead, I'm John Browner, joined by the dancing Jason Lawhead. Who has left the, con- oh, hey. <laughs> has left the confines of Southern California to work in Las Vegas and do Elvis impressions? So, if you're in Vegas anytime soon, check him out. Uh, he, he'll give you some details toward the end of this uh, show. Uh, we are available as always during via podcast and iTunes and YouTube. So, hit us up, like, share, and subscribe. We talked about on the first half. Uh, Jimmy G showing his value, Kyler Murray showing his value, but in two different ways. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And whether or not USC can find their way back into the college football playoff one year into the Lincoln-Riley experiment. Now, as Jason and I are talking about the experiment, the experiment of Ben Simmons, as bad as it looked initially, and I mean bad, man, the last two games, it's, it's looked like the Ben Simmons that people were like, yo, if they if they get this dude next to Katie and Kyrie, look out. That's what it's starting to look like now. I mean, I, I had been preaching patience for him because he hadn't played in a year, and his game is more about feel than it is skill. It looks like he's starting to get his legs underneath him. It looks like he's starting to get his muscles to be firing in a way that they need to be firing for a guy like that to be successful. Have you had a chance to watch Ben Simmons the last couple of games? I have, you know, that's the nice thing about being in the in, the, in Vegas is everything, everything's on, um, and uh, yeah. So and I always I'll always keep an ear close to the NBA when it starts, and when now even especially when my Cavs are contending, I'm really really involved with what's going on. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, look, this is where you want Ben Simmons if you're the Nets from where you got him. No doubt. No doubt. I'd still, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. It's a long season. Um, you know, the playoff, the playoff intensity, the playoff basketball game, which is different than the games in November on a Tuesday night rolling through. Uh, that's a different kind of animal that he's had to deal with. We've seen this Ben Simmons many times right and that's what made him the the player he's he's been on, on all defensive and then that's not transposed into the postseason either so even when he's been out on the court and he's been 
um, getting his reps and getting his games and, and play. But, yeah, I mean, he's a 6'11 guy who can handle the ball, who can get end line to end line as fast as he can, who can stay vertical defensively. He's got all these tools in his belt, uh, you know, take away his, his, his abysmal shooting and, and, and all of that stuff. There are ways that this guy can be very productive, and this is definitely the Ben Simmons the Nets want to see. And um, this is definitely the Ben Simmons that if he just comes out this way all the time, can he maintain this kind of mental attitude? Can he maintain the physical, you know, mental, you know, kind of crossroads it takes every night to be that guy? Because, hey, you know, with Kyrie coming back, KD, that is the guy that will kind of carry them in the sense of, you know, uh, this is who we go to. This is who we need to have the big games if we're going to win big games. He could compliment those guys so much. He has so much ability to compliment them. But time will tell, I think. But they got to love where he's at. I think if you're the Nets, this is like our answer to the Kyrie problem in a way that in that organization, I don't know if they saw this coming. Because it was almost as if he had he took a game off because he had he said he was having some knee soreness. Yeah, that didn't look good. And it and that and at that point you're like, yo, are you serious? Knee that soreness good. already out for back surgery. What the hell is going on? And after that, man, he has been old Ben Simmons. And not O O L D O L E. So I right. I I think that Yeah, he went from O L D back to O L E because he was acting like O L D for a long time with all these injuries. And this is this is great. It's great, first of all, it's great for basketball. Because what happened to that guy, whether he did it to himself or whether the Philadelphia organization mismanaged him, that that that's what under the bridge at this point. Having a talent like that back moving the way he's moving with Kevin Durant and with Kyrie Irving whenever he chooses to show up and play or whenever they let him play. Them rolling into Philadelphia tonight, the scene of the crime where all this be broke down and began. It's a shame Joel Embiid and James Harden aren't playing. But nevertheless, it's tonight. It's Ben Simmons versus the crowd. <laughs> it's yeah. not necessarily Ben Simmons versus the Sixers. It's Ben Simmons versus the city of Philadelphia. So, I mean, this isn't LeBron going back to Cleveland. But the it, that energy is going to be there. Oh yeah, and the other thing is, is Philly's still going to come out and they're going to play him like you know, even though there's going to be guys missing and guys on that team that weren't really Ben Simmons teammates so much, they're going to be fed that. That's going to be fed. They, even from the guys that are going to be sitting out, they're going to be talking about it in the locker room. Uh, you know, I'm sure that the front office has stepped down and and had some discussions with with the with the coaching staff and how to propel this and how to, how to say, hey, look, for our fan base, remember, right. we're still Philly. Okay, we've made a lot of mistakes in the past. We feel good about moving on from Ben Simmons, but we've got to prove to our fan base that we've moved on from Ben Simmons in a positive way. So go out there, Mike Light, hard on this guy. You know, don't make him let make us look bad. Right. right. I mean, if we get beat right. tonight because we have guys out, great. We get beat tonight, but let let it be Durant have forty two or something like this. Don't let Ben Simmons fly all over the court. Get get transition dunks. Get block shots. Uh, rack up some assists, you know, so make every pass tough, make every dribble tough, make anything, you know, um, defensively uh, difficult on him. Send him, send him into some hard screens, send him into some hard back screens mm -hmm. and, you know, be – so I think Philly's going to come out and be like, look, we probably can't win this game without the guys we got, so let's go out and, you know, we'll get into the bonus early in every quarter and knock these guys around, and maybe that's the only chance they have.
I think that if Ben Simmons gets a triple-double or gets another 20-point, seven assists, 10-rebound game while James Harden is watching and why the often injured, by the way, Joel Embiid is watching, it would be ironic. It, it, and and the other thing was is let me tell you what what would a triple double tonight do? Not just for Ben Simmons and his standing with the Nets, but how big would a triple double against Philly go to the media narrative coming off of Kyrie yeah. and just letting that whole thing as he returns almost be back to the back burner because we yeah. went through the all the everything we've had to say about Kyrie, thank God, the media is is kind of behind him as long as Kyrie doesn't go back and be Kyrie again. Good luck. But if good luck to that, sure. But if Kyrie can just go out and play basketball, right? And Ben Simmons puts up triple doubles, now all of a sudden the story is Ben Simmons. The story is the Nets. The story is a team again and not individuals and a guy that's right. shaking the tree. So this would be huge. Ben Simmons has a lot on his shoulders just to kind of get Brooklyn out of one story and on to another. Correct. So will that happen? Tonight will be a giant step in that direction if they can. And as much as I... I'm not going to say I didn't like the Steve Nash hiring. The much as the Steve Nash hiring puzzled me, the way that they've played now that he's gone, kind of, it, it it cements what people were saying about him. That he he's a good guy. He's not a he's not a coach. He's a good he's a good guy to call and ask questions about this or that. But he's not a coach. He's not a leader of men, because all all they're doing now is running plays. Like if. If you watch the Nets, they're actually, they're just running plays now. They're playing defense and they're running plays. That's it. They're not, they're not playing harder. They're just playing smarter, which is what you thought you were getting with Steve Nash, that you were actually getting with Jacques Vaughn. So who knows, man? Uh, speaking of playing smarter, AD seems to have found his groove, or has he? See, a lot of people want you to believe that these numbers that Anthony Davis has put up against the Spurs, uh, they a hurt Brooklyn team, and I think they uh, who else and they play the Rockets and the Rockets, the worst, worse than them, and the Rockets who I don't even know if that's an NBA team at this point, and they may have drafted probably one of the biggest busts we've seen in a very long time, but but nevertheless, he was good against them, better than being bad against them. He was good against them. And now you're looking at this going, wait a minute, is this fool's goal? Because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this is fool's goal. Now tonight, tonight is, in my opinion, 80's first game since coming back from injury. Because those were tune-ups. Those games were tune-ups. They didn't, none of those teams had size. None of those teams had frontline defenders. The Phoenix Suns. He was, he was basically playing three games against the scout team. Right. The Phoenix Suns have size and they play physical so i this is going to be a good test for him this is going to be a good test for the lakers because again if ad is right like these games we've seen him lebron can take a month off because ad can do this and carry you to that point but i don't know what do you think well yeah tonight's going to be huge to see like what kind of team they are under that kind of uh you know opponent in you know uh in phoenix on the road you're right they've won three straight but it was against a you know a wounded deer but brooklyn team before kind of 
things just turned around in, in a week for them right uh with 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 Simmons and and Durant Detroit that's who the other team they played uh, in that and then San Antonio I thought Houston but um uh, so Detroit and now they've got Phoenix and if they could somehow win tonight they've got to prove that they can go out and play a back-to-back week they got San Antonio on a back-to-back both in San Antonio on Friday and Saturday that's an e- weird part of the schedule I've ever seen right there so they play the, the 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 Spurs three times in four games but twice in a row on the road Friday Saturday and they've got to win those games like those are the games you've got to go out there and I don't care who's banged up and how long you played and how many games this week you if you're gonna turn this thing around and you're gonna get from two and ten back above water and somehow at some point try to be 20 and 15, 25 and 20, you've got to win these games. You can't go out there and lose to the Spurs because then you, you know, there's just too many other good teams. You end up going on this huge East coast trip, uh, Milwaukee, Washington, Cleveland, Toronto, Philly, all playing good ball after you've had Portland. So it, it, you know, these three games, you know, they've got to show face tonight. They've got to win both games in San Antonio. And if they can win tonight, now obviously you've made it uh, four or five, six in a row. If you can get through San Antonio, that's where they need to be, or at least five of the last six, six of the last seven when they go out on, on some of these trips. But uh, we'll see, you know, um, they got some big people in Phoenix. They play good team defense. They're going to be ready to go after AD without LeBron on the floor. What do you mm-hmm. think? I, I think I still think the Spurs win this game, but it, you know, it's who knows what the Lakers are going to look like tonight. I think that the Lakers in this particular situation, Suns, I should say, they're playing a very good Suns team, ten and six. Lakers are five and ten. This, I, I hate to make so much about a game this early in the season in the NBA because we've watched a lot of NBA and we've seen teams do miraculous things but this is a this isn't a big game for the lakers this is a big game for ad i think this is a big game for the man in the mirror when it comes to ad because i think he needs to prove it to himself too i think i've never seen a guy with a self-inflicted wound in the offseason like looking into a camera and saying i haven't picked up a ball in two months it's like wait are you were you hurt nope yeah just didn't pick the ball up Kobe Bryant turned over in his grave when he heard that. You yeah. have got to be kidding me. And so at, when you hear, when you when that got out, I think that changed his narrative in the offseason. And it also put so much more scrutiny on him when the season actually started because he got hurt immediately. And it was like, because you're not training for two months in the offseason, and then you ramp your, your, your fragile body up, and then you get hurt. And so that that led to him taking it personal and now him trying to play with a chip on his shoulder. And so I think this game is more for AD than it is for the Lakers. And I'm expecting him to have a decent game, but not a 30-20. Yeah. Well, here's one thing that it's big for the Lakers. in this, And I don't care if LeBron's not out there. I don't care who's not out there or who is. And especially with AD in there. And even if he puts up some stats that he's been putting up lately – this Laker team, they've done a nice job in the last few wins. The one thing they've done a nice job at in the last few wins is playing a little defense. Yes. Whether, whether the opponent hasn't been up to it or not. But the, here's the thing. They, they, if, the, if they go out tonight and the Suns put 135 on them, oh. even if AD has a good game, if the Suns put 135 on them or a 130, you know, coasting type of 130, 135, even if AD, then those those problems, that, that, that kind of, 
infection is is deeper. And the, 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 that's where the Lakers, when you talk about a winning record, can they can they get back right and can they start winning games and be north of 500 and move on from there? It's all going to be on that defense. It's not going to be who misses what game and who might be out and who doesn't play that well as far as the stat line goes. At the end of the day, they can't go, even if they lose, this has to be, you know, a 112, 109, you know, one, you know, maybe 113, 114 tops. They can't let the Suns go out there and just do whatever they want offensively because then it's just the same old story, this Laker defense not being able to play good teams and not and, and they're just going to have these games throughout the year where they give up these chunks of points. This better not be one of those 35, 40-point first quarters. Yeah, and that's the things they have to avoid because those things are what turn into these – you know, games where they give up 120, 125, 130, 135, and the Suns will put up one. I mean, if you don't play defense against the Suns, they'll put up 135 in their sleep. Right. So we'll see what how that shakes out and what happens with AD. I'm about to bring to you now the most in-depth World Cup coverage you will find anywhere <laughs> on the globe, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, the United States played something called Wales yesterday in something called the World Cup. Something I don't know if you've heard of whales. it. Uh, something called whales. Something that's called funny. whales. I don't know what that's, what. that's what you should name this episode. Something called whales. <laughs> Done. Something called. <laughs> that's hilarious. The U.S. played something called whales yesterday. I don't know what city they're from or <laughs> what their mascot is, but we time tired. Zone, we, we, yeah, I don't know if we had to wake up late, early in the morning to watch it with the sun up there. I don't know. But what I will tell you this, we waited eight years for that. <laughs> like, I don't, this is what the World Cup, I don't get it. People love it. It's soccer. And again, I'm, I may say dumb things for entertainment value, but I know soccer is the number one game in the world. I understand that. So the world loves soccer. We in America, y'all keep trying to convince us we do. The statistics, the bebop, beboops don't prove that out. Okay, so what I'm saying to y'all is if it's one to one and that's the end of the game, right? I'm out. I'm out. Ain't no country pride for me for that. I ain't, I ain't flying over. I'm not going to cram into a bar for one to one in the first round. I told y'all yeah. if they win some games, they make it interesting. I'm going to start saying us and not them because right now they in the them category. They're not in the us. Category. I'm not talking about, I'm not using the we's, okay? Uh, the us's. They in them right now. They are getting what they call those uh, pronouns. The U.S. Yeah. soccer team is pronouns to me right now. Them, they. We're not a us yet. I'm not saying we. So I got a solution for these 1-1 games, okay? In soccer, y'all welcome. Free game, okay? In overtime, don't go to penalty kicks, okay? After a minute, it's each team take a guy off the field, okay? And after another minute, one team take another guy off the field. And to the down to one-on-one in that big-ass grass, you will get a score, and the game will be over. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, God, you say it's the most popular sport in the world, and it is. And I think a lot of the reason why it's the most popular sport in the world and the only real big reason it's popular in the realm that is popular here, it's just another reason to drink. And, and that's what <laughs> happens. That's what these countries – and it's a third world sport, right? You can just yes. take a ball out on a dirt yeah. carpet out somewhere on the uh, and, and play soccer. So 
a lot of the world is poor and developing third world. So it's the because it is a third world sport, which is why it's not very, it took a long time to even get caught on quote unquote here, because this has never been third world. This, right. is, this country has never even had that. Like the game wasn't around um, even in a point that, that we were, you know, a struggling country that would have had it popular at one point. Like, so, and well, play it's so funny here. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's exactly right. And, you know, that's all you needed was a, an outdoor, you know, something you put, you put a milk crate, you yep. know, you cut the bottom out of it and put it on a telephone pole in the alley and you could play three on three or whatever it was. So, in yeah, that house, was we, our my house. We bent the hanger into a circle. Yeah. The back of the door, took a sock, got your <laughs> yeah. game on. Yeah. So, you know, and that you're right. That was our game of like the poorest game to kind of co come to, together, you know. But um, it's funny, too, because. When you look at all these countries, so many of them, the fans get invested in it, and it's a, it's about drinking. It's about going to the bars. It's why it's so popular with the Europeans. They go to the bar, they drink, yeah. and a lot of the cheering is just like when the ball gets close to the net. They're like, yeah, <laughs> and then it goes out of bounds, and then they get, and then they just drink some more, and they wait for it. But it's funny because then Qatar ends up pulling the alcohol no on this thing. It's like right when everything starts, they're like, no booze, and it's just like. You know, how much oil money do you must have to be like, do you know how much money you're leaving out on the table? Do you know how much money you're flushing down the toilet by not selling booze at a four-week World Cup with every drinking crazy fan in the world coming to you? Like, that's how much rich oil money that they have. They can just be like, yeah, I know this is the only chance we'll ever have to have the World Cup. We could probably make seven to, to nine figure. They could probably make tens to uh, almost probably a hundred million dollars in concession sales probably over this course of time with all of the booze. And they're just like, nah, we'll just tap another oil well. Right. We're going to have slaves build our stadium. <laughs> exactly. We're so rich. We're it's also disgusting. going to turn around and not sell beer because we don't care about your money and, yeah. you, and your stupid worldviews. You're going to come here. You're going to behave. You're going to cheer, and then you're going to get the hell out of our country. Yep. We're going to get the hell off this show, and we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same station, same podcast, same YouTube. Same noisy neighbors. John Brunner, Jason <laughs> Lawhead. Be quiet, lady. Peace.